I'm Madam Butterfly. And I am Bella Ruby. And welcome back to But Here's My Thing. Yes, welcome, welcome to But Here's My Thing. Y'all, we got a special guest today. Professor G is in the house. Hello. Our first official guest, mind you. This is this is a groundbreaking moment, so we need to... I'm the inaugural guest. You are, and we're so <laughs> happy to have you. This is so cool of you. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Yes, thanks for coming. Professor G is my cousin, by the way. First yeah. cousin. Woo, woo. <laughs> Yep, yep. So we go into right into our fellowship hall. I'm not gonna sing what a fellowship this time. <laughs> oh goodness, what's been going on, sis? Oh, it's another day's journey, and I'm glad about <laughs> it. I'm just glad it's Friday. Um, so the last time we talked, you had just um, no, you were just getting ready for your accreditation, and my accreditation is next week. So. It's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind week, but we'll get through it. Good, good. What about you, Professor G? Um, exciting news for me this week. Um, as you may or may not know, I lost my job in December on December the fifth, and I actually started a new one on March the fourth. So almost been three months. So oh wow, I'll be in a new job, new city, and just ready for a new experience. So I'm excited about that. How awesome! That's cool. Yeah. 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 Congrats. Congratulations. That's awesome. Great. So, um, and I guess the only thing I had going on in my world, like you said, happy accreditation is over with. Oh, yeah. Like you said, so mm-hmm. glad about it. So all of that went well. So That's we are awesome. excited about that. Good. So, our, but here's my thing segment on this episode. We hope you all love it and we hope you all enjoy it. Um, that's what Professor G is coming to join us about today. We want to talk about the Jesse Smollett case. Don dun dun. Hey, healthy. But should it be a dun 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 though? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Professor G and I talked about this a little bit early this week. So he's already talked about some points that he wanted to um to talk about, but I just wanted to um, hear, hear all of our points, but, um, of course us as African-Americans have our feelings, but I also wanted to get from, um, the most discriminated person in America who Jesse Smollett falls into both of those categories, our black gay males. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to get that perspective to see, um, how he felt from that perspective. And then, we chime in and we just talk about everything. The evidence that's there, the evidence that's not there. And we just go chop it up. We are just going to chop it up. So who wants to start? So I'll start because <laughs> uh, Bella, you and I have talked about this a few times and y'all, I just cannot, I still to this day can just not make heads or tails of the whole situation. And so I'll go on record as saying I was team Jesse because I was like, this is just so ridiculous. It doesn't make sense to make this up. Like, who would do this? Why? And I still don't really understand. And maybe I don't need to apply logic to it, but it just doesn't make sense to me. It just really doesn't make sense. So I guess the first question I have is, what and why? Like, what? Okay, so let's let's talk about what we what we know. So it came out that there was a letter sent to the Empire set. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a little bit of like press around that, but nothing too heavy. Because I don't mm-hmm. even remember hearing about it until after the second mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. So then maybe what, like a week or so later, there was this attack. Alleged attack. I don't know how you should frame that. Alleged attack. Um, against him and I the only thing I remember from the story was that initially he did not want to press charges he didn't want to call the police but his manager I believe said no we need to call somebody and they did now from there I'm just kind of lost so (laughs) so after that um, it was from the evidence and it's not from anybody from Jesse Smollett's camp saying this or whatever. If this is all speculation and what we've been fed through the press is that 
they found these two shadowy figures on a video, how they tied it to being these two African mm. or Nigerian American men, their brothers. They were extras on the set of Empire at one time. Um, they revealed that Jesse Smollett paid them thirty-five, wrote them a check for thirty-five hundred dollars, um, and then it was revealed that, or su- supposed that he paid the two brothers this thirty-five hundred dollars to arrange this attack. The other thing that they have is that they have two men that look like the two brothers on video, and I say look like because I'm about to add another piece into there um, that look like the two brothers on the video buying the MAGA or Make America Great Again hats, the rope, and all that stuff. And they found a receipt for these items in the brother's apartment. Um, Last week, after all of that, it came out that the check had written the memo line, um, personal training and nutrition plan. And then text messages that were released were written that that was the conversation. It was all about personal training and what to eat and his diet and nutrition because he was preparing for a music video and he wants to look good for the music video. That's pretty much the story of what Jesse's camp has kind of let come out. They haven't really said too much, but that's really what they've allowed to come out about what's going on with the um, with his connection with the two brothers. Now, in the latest development today, the two brothers have released through their attorney that they are sorry for their participation in the events. So what's confusing about this is the check itself says that it was done for personal training. Um, Their text messages conversations say that. And also the FBI has gotten involved because they're saying that the Chicago Police Department has overstated their case possibly. But my curiosity is the only person that committed a crime, if there was one committed, is Jesse. And that is for filing filing a false police report. Um, In the state of Illinois, that's a felony. Here in Georgia, it's not. It's a misdemeanor. Mm, But in the state of Georgia, that is. Yeah, in the state of Georgia, that's a misdemeanor. But in the state of Illinois, it is a felony. And as we've learned, it carries a penalty of possibly one to three years Mm -hmm. in prison, which you probably won't get. But. That is what it carries, and it also carries up to 10 years of probation as well as a fine. But my question is, is now, because I'm like you, Madam Butterfly, um, I can't make heads or tails of what there would be a reason for it. Right. If he did. Um, And now I'm wondering if the brothers didn't commit a crime, why do they hire an attorney to release a statement? Mm -hmm. So now something, so there's something that's not making sense so and even it was revealed last week that their grand jury testimony when the brothers actually testified before they pressed charges that they said that the money and was for personal training so i'm i'm very confused as to how this is all turned to them pressing charges against jesse and all of this and you know since it all happened he's been adamant about um his innocence mm-hmm. So here's my thing um, with all of <laughs> I think that if he did it, I, I feel like it's a cry for help. I think there's probably a mental health issue there. Um, as a gay male and as a gay black man, um, even though we know from psychology, homosexuality was once considered to be a mental illness up until like the late 60s or early 1970s. Um, it's no longer considered a mental illness. However, a lot of black gay men do suffer with depression, um, bipolar disorder, and things of that nature. And I think that this is a cry for help. In addition to the fact that it's been revealed through the police report, and it's another affliction in the black gay community, that Jesse was using illicit drugs. He was using ecstasy. And he was mm-hmm. actually buying ecstasy from the two brothers, or one of the two brothers. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like... If he did do it, this is a desperate cry for help um, because you don't you don't do something so elaborate just because you're not satisfied with your raise, right? With or with right. what you're getting paid on right. TV. Um, his character was, you know, very integral to the prop is to the plot of the show. Um, they've written him on the last two episodes, but you know, his character was very prominent on the show. 
and probably of the three brothers that one of which he plays, his is the most prominent of the three mm-hmm. because he is gay and because that's such a big piece of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think that they would have written him out the show because that's what was reported before. And I don't think that I don't think that a celebrity needs to stage an attack to get a pay raise. Normally, that's what you have an agent for. That's what you have mm-hmm. a manager for. They're supposed to negotiate for you. So if anything, if that's why he if that's the reason why they have brought forth as a motive, that's one thing. But do I really believe that that's why he did it? If it is actually what he did? No, I think it's more of a cry for help than anything because people that have behaviors that are addicts and that, you know, have some type of mental health issue, they do things that seem irrational to rational people. And it turns out that it's really more of a cry for help. Mm-hmm. And you don't go on TV and do a daytime interview either and, and proclaim your right. innocence <laughs> too, on top of all of it. And that, and really you're telling a lie. So I don't know. That's yeah. where I am with it. I'm very conflicted at this point. Yeah, I agree. Can I ask you guys a question? So somebody brought this up on the radio um, last week, and it just has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. The reputation that we know, we know being in air quotes, um, <laughs> of the Chicago PD. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Why are we trusting them? And that's another piece of the pie that I feel like that we need to kind of look at. Isn't it interesting that they cannot find evidence to convict a white police officer of shooting Mm -hmm. an innocent black person? (laughs) Mm -hmm. They idly wrapped up a case of a celebrity and they have, you know, they have all the pieces in place just like that. Yeah. And this is my thing. And unless Jesse is totally naive and has never watched an episode of the, anything on the ID channel. Right. Hel- hello. <laughs> Thank you. No, you know, he is the sloppiest <laughs> yes. criminal. Yes. Because who writes a check for sure. to your your co-conspirators in this plot or this, you know, hoax going wrong, basically. Right. So that's that's where I struggle with. Um, I do want to bring something up, and I don't want to take over as a guest. <laughs> no, come on. My Gemini allows me to do that. <laughs> but I have a question for you guys. So this is something I've observed on social media from our, um, and it's, this may be controversial what I'm about to say. So I, I don't, I want to say this. I don't care about anybody's political affiliations. Mm-hmm. Your, your choice is your choice. But with racial tensions being the way they are today and our, our political climate being so polarized, do you all feel like this has been sensationalized even more because it involves MAGA, the Make oh. America Great Again hats? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Because I don't and even it, think Donald that. Trump knows who um, Jesse Smollett or Empire is, but I think when you threw that, when the MAGA got thrown in there, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That was just a vehicle to be like, oh, I can capitalize on something black this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree because I'm I'm totally with you. Do I think that Donald Trump, I don't even think a lot of white people would have even really cared what had happened no. um, had he not said this is MAGA country or whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. that was thrown in there. Then all of a sudden now it's a lightning rod for He's vile and he's evil and he's trying to divide the country. Well, Jesse Smollett does not speak for all black people. Hello. Hello. Black gay men either. So there's that. I haven't seen a lot of the he's trying, I guess, because I'm not on Facebook anymore. (laughs) I am on Instagram, but I'm not on Facebook. Um, I do believe that this is a reason it's probably sensationalized. Um, But I did see a quote the other day that stated, I think it was on Sean King's Instagram page, but he was just saying, now people may look at this. Okay, if this is not true, then that means racism doesn't exist. Or now this, you understand what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, oh, well, this really didn't happen. So now people may kind of be like, see, we told you racism didn't exist. Well, white people are always trying to negate and 
and and claim that racism doesn't exist. Right. Um, oh, ever God. since we've had a black president, they have said that look at you people. You look how far you people. <laughs> you know, even just saying you people is racist. And I don't think that some of them get that some white people really get that mm-hmm. because it is because their racism against black people and because we're, we've been so marginalized. I don't think they realize that a lot of what they say is very rooted in their racism or ignorance thereof of their of racism really being real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I totally agree with, with that. Um, do I think this one event is going to change the fact that people are going to discredit everything people do? No. They've actually done they actually have done research since this all came out as actually that, you know, hate crimes and things of the nature have actually risen. I forget the percentage number, but only a portion of those crimes are actually hoax mm-hmm. or actually hoaxes, hoaxes, I should say. Now, on the other side of that, do you think that it will be um, more unbelievable now? Did, did I say that correctly? So I, I I had two concerns with this. The one, my first concern was, man, now when things really do happen, is it going to be believed? My other concern was, is it going to increase hate crime? Because, oh, maybe we, I can get away with it. Hmm. And they think it was a hoax. That's a good, that's a good way of looking at it. Um, That's my fear. That's hard to say. <laughs> I think, I honestly think that that's hard to say. Because so many, because for a couple of reasons, and I wrote this on Facebook myself, is the reason why he was so hard, it was so hard to believe because the story itself was so far fetched. Um, or is it because we as a society, one, have a heart, we victim shame mm-hmm. a lot. But then two, when it comes to male victims of assault, male victims of assault are even less likely to speak out about it than the female victims. True. So do I think that this is going to change the dynamic of people reporting crimes or people saying, oh, this is a hoax or think they can get away with it? It could possibly, mm-hmm. but people are going to probably do the, what they were going to do anyway, regardless, regardless, of, regardless of this happening. As I Maybe that's me being glass half full, but... That's just my opinion. That's that's true. Um, going back to our takes on it, it's interesting you say about us victim blaming because I can remember being at my parents' house when it came on. And when they first said it, I looked at my mom and she looked at me and she said, something in this milk ain't clean. I said, I know. I think the same thing. And then I said, you know what? No, step back. Don't automatically go. I was like, but something. And the reason I said that, going back to the evidence and the timeline of mm-hmm. things, I thought out of all the gay black men in America, why him? Yeah. And why, who knew that you were going to be leaving your hotel or wherever you were uh-huh. to go get on the subway at two o'clock in the morning? And who knew and who knew you were going to be in Chicago? So that was my first thing. But then when I said, okay, don't not believe him, I said, well, not necessarily that this is not true, but it has to be personal. It's got to be somebody who knows him. Mm-hmm. As far as that check is concerned, I was telling one of my coworkers the other day. I mean, I got kind of tickled about it. I said, I really believe, like you all said, I'm conflicted. I'm like, is it a hoax or was it not a hoax? But in in the back of my mind, I feel like if I know you make $65,000 a show and here you are coming to ask me to do something that I can potentially get arrested for. Okay, you will give me more than seventeen fifty, uh-huh. and the reason I say seventeen fifty is because he gave one person a check for thirty five hundred, but you Correct. had two people, so that means yeah, you got to split exactly. it. Okay, you're not about to give me seventeen hundred dollars. That's like a couple months rent in Chicago, right? Right. <laughs> so absolutely, I was just like, I can't see that, and uh, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you all my take on it. I could be totally wrong. If they did attack him and it was not a hoax. This is what I think in my mind. Come on, go with it because I know where you're going. <laughs> I believe those brothers are on the down low. At least one of them. At least one of them. Mm-hmm. 
and has had some kind of affiliation with jail or whatever, uh-huh. and they don't want to be outed. Because they're Nigerian. Not Nigerian. Mm-hmm. African people are more homophobic than mm-hmm. us in America, yes. And they attacked him. He knew who they were who attacked him. Because in order for them to attack him to get their uh-huh. point across, they would he would have had to know that it was them. Uh-huh. And... That $3,500 check really is for him because he was his trainer. Uh-huh. I think that's what it is. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. And I think now they're going with the side of he made us attack him as a hoax because that's what sounds, because that's what they're being coached to say basically mm-hmm. to get out of trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Once I, they got caught, they was like, "Oh, yeah. we got to, we got to think of something." Because it's two of them, and it's only one of Jesse. Mm-hmm. But do I believe? But I totally agree with that theory. It's either that or some type of odd extortion attempt that has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. I totally think that. I think for some people, that's going to be that's going to be too far fetched because their sensibilities won't allow them to believe that. But do I think that? A gay sex hookup or whatever it is isn't attached to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because people thought that in the beginning. You know, we heard the theories that floated around social media in the beginning were one, that he had met someone's boyfriend in the club and they were cheating with one another and the boyfriend sent two people to beat him up. Another one was that it was a grinder is a gay app that men hook up on or to go on dates, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And people were saying it was a grinder hookup going wrong. Um, somebody else said that he was acting bougie because that's what he always does. I've never, I've never heard that, but, and that somebody wanted to get revenge on him for whatever and beat him up in the club or beat him up outside of out and about. So we've heard a thousand different things of what happened but nobody actually has ever really said the motive of what happened. And now we have this motive of it's because he wasn't, he was dissatisfied with his salary, right. which still doesn't make sense. <laughs> because At making, all. He's making $65,000 an episode and there are 18 to 20 episodes a season. He's making way over a million dollars a year. Wow. Do you think somebody's going to sacrifice making a million dollars a year for their freedom, their reputation, all of that, to possibly only make a little bit more money than that to get a raise. I doubt that. Mm-hmm. I just have a I have a hard time believing that because there are other ways that cast mm-hmm. negotiate their salary. If you right. want to take it to the entertainment side of it, um, everybody knows the show Friends with Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm. and, and Courtney Cox and all that. So people know, people may or may not know, but the last season of Friends... Every person with six main characters, they all made a million dollars an episode. That's $24 million a year for six people. Think about how much money that Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Because if Friends was the most watched show on television at the time that it was on, or one of the most watched. So you think about it like that. The reason why they were able to get that much money is because they band together Mm -hmm. as a cast to ask for more money. From my understanding and for all intents and purposes, you know, Jesse is very close with, if you ever look at their social media, he's very close with Taraji, who's a star of the show. Mm -hmm. He's close with um, Terrence Howard. They're a close cast. So it's it's kind of weird that if if that was the case, because they're at the end of season five, and season five is normally when shows start to really renegotiate their contracts. Um, for more through the seasons to come, it's really hard to believe that they would not have decided, let's get our managers, our people, mm-hmm. let's band together and ask for more money for him to just go rogue and then come up with this hoax. That just doesn't even Maybe sound, right. make sense for somebody's it's... show business as they were a child. Right. Thank, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? So it's funny you brought up Friends because when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about what happened on Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, one of my what, favorite shows. Yes. yes, what was her name? Uh, Tony Childs. Oh, she, she played my favorite character, Tony Childs. Mm-hmm. Yes, when she That's wanted it. more money, yeah, they didn't want to give it to her. They were like, okay, well, you can go or whatever. Or she left. I don't know. You know who who left who? But that, that was my thing. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. I was saying that was my whole thing. Like, you know, if they were to go, like you said, you got to have an attorney in this, an agent, somebody that's negotiating these things for you. But at the end of the day, if they don't want to pay you more money, they're either going to say you're going to keep paying, you know, getting what we pay you or we're going to write you off the show. That yeah. was to me, that was like a Hail Mary. That was just way, way, out, way out there. That yeah. just, That just makes no sense. I can't wait to see what all this evidence is going to say. And but you know what? Come on. Okay. But, but it, will it be here, what you're going to say? <laughs> right. Ahead. But here's my thing, because yeah. I feel like he's the victim in this because it's so much easier for us to believe stuff that has no logical basis than to actually consider the fact that he is telling the truth mm-hmm. and there was something deeper here. I mean, we, Black people in particular, we switch sides so fast. Yeah. Before the facts came out. And, you know, when like I was saying, when I listened to the radio and someone was like, okay, then last month we didn't like Chicago PD. Now we they, we, they are friends. Like, we listen to it. And I'm like, darn, you're absolutely right. We switch sides so quickly. Every time you turned around, there was a meme coming out. There was something coming out. And it's like, come on, y'all. You know, we just rather believe the sensational thing than to sit here and see, no, let's, I want all the facts. Let's see what happened. Let's hear it out. Let it go to trial. Let's see, you know. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things there. I think we were able to. I think eh, I love black people. I love my people, <laughs> but we have a really hard being an educator for years and teaching a predominantly a black audience. I've learned that a lot of times, and it's and it's and that's a whole totally different conversation from this one. But through the system, a lot of times black people have not developed the critical thinking skills of other ethnic groups i should say Mm -hmm. and so it's easy for us to switch sides because we don't we do not want to follow through and think about things that could be or could not Mm -hmm. be um like you just said you know it's easier for us to believe the sensationalism versus thinking of a logical consequence then you look at it from a couple of other angles um in our society we really we in black culture we really even though the mother figure is normally the head of the household and and it is you know if you study sociology psychology any textbook will tell you that but we really praise masculinity Mm -hmm. and being manly and a lot of times because he's gay, so those two those are two things. Those are always in conflict in the black community with, with one another. Black people don't, as a majority, a lot of times don't think that a gay man can also be masculine. Mm. And why I brought that up is because people's reservation is going to be, well, why didn't he just, you know, fight or beat them up mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. or fight back? And then their other thing they're going to say is, well, he's gay, so... He's not, you know, he can't fight, but he's a punk or a sissy or whatever the case may be. But also, uh, black people don't, over, overall, don't necessarily like gay people. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to it's easy to switch sides and discredit somebody when you don't necessarily like them anyway. Right. You That's, know. That takes me to the point. Where that cut you off? You get rid of no. something. Mm-hmm. So Professor G and I were talking early this week, and he made a perfect point. That's a perfect segue into the whole social media aspect about how we as a community, not we as in we on this call, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we as in what we saw on social media were so quick to support R. Kelly and things that we know, even though when we even though we weren't there, I saw the videos, y'all, when I was in college. I ain't gonna uh-huh. lie. So we know that it happened. We know it was him. We saw the little girl. We saw him. But he's not gay, just like what Mm -hmm. you said. So it was like everybody was quick to support him. And just like you said, Madam Butterfly, as soon as this came out, and it was even an inkling that Uh this man, maybe that Jesse Smollett may be telling a story, everybody flipped before the evidence was even, before we even know for sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Professor G brought that up this week. He was like, isn't it interesting on social media how people still support R. Kelly? I'm going to pose this question Mm -hmm. to both of you guys. If you, because I don't know, because Bella Ruba says she does not have Facebook. Well, she has Instagram, so Instagram is a great place to see memes. In this last week, since they know there's a second video out of R. Kelly, um, 
having sex with an underage girl. How many memes have you seen of R. Kelly versus the slew of memes you've seen of Jesse Smollett? I've never seen any memes with R. Kelly. And I have not seen, seen one. The only time you've seen anybody mention anything about R. Kelly in, in reference to going to jail, oh. it has been tied to Jesse <laughs> Smollett as well. Yep, that picture with the niche. In the yeah. back, they took the picture uh-huh. in the same. Yeah, uh, they're in the same holding cell. Or, oh, jail is about to be lit because mm-hmm. he gonna be in there singing and Jesse gonna be in there too. Da, 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 da. So oh, wow! Never anything with R. Kelly by himself is always tied back to mm-hmm. Jesse, and that is a little bit of a psychological thing that are going on because it's a tie to let you know that people still look at gay people as that being a perversion, and they're tying along to R. Kelly, who is a predator. Think mm-hmm. about it. think about it i know i've gotten a little deep there but it is deep but think about the impact of that um we haven't seen any memes with just r kelly by himself a whole bunch and when we and when and when it was done you know even we talked about years ago it was talked about in a joking manner you know you don't want anybody to r kelly you or Mm -hmm. pee on you or whatever Mm -hmm. because that's what he did to the girl in the video years ago that when i was in high school that's always that's been almost 20 years ago that the first case came out of that and then even before then we knew he was a predator because he married Aaliyah when she was underage and they lied about her age on the marriage license. Mm-hmm. And they tried to say that that didn't happen, but other people were there and said, yes, it did. We were here mm-hmm. and it happened. So they try to discredit, you know, or we've swept it under the rug. But why have we swept that under the rug? We've swept it under the rug because, again, we like masculinity. Mm-hmm. We like a manly man. We like a, a man that's got a little hair on his chest that's well. A little dingy stuff on his fingernails or whatever. We like, <laughs> a, you know, a whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing there is, you know, where was I going with this? But the other thing there is, who does R. Kelly, I saw this on Facebook and I thought that's the perfect point. Does R. Kelly remind you of your favorite uncle that mm. you love and that y'all just sweep his behavior under the rug? Or even hell, it could be your dad. Yeah. You know, or it's could, true. could be grandpa, you know, that probably has made inappropriate comments or done, uh, touched somebody inappropriate. Y'all just, well, that's just boys. Yes. Is it yes. that? Yes. Is mm. that why we've, and why we're crucifying Jesse, mm. we're not really crucifying R. Kelly. We are finally now starting to crucify him, but it shouldn't have had to get to a to documentary this- and 20 years later from the PP video and you know, countless people basically being locked up like sex slaves under his watch for us to finally crucify him. Mm-hmm. That should, you know, it should have happened a long time ago. Absolutely. I, I ain't look, Professor J. I ain't know you was gonna take a sermon up in his yeah, head. I'm I, like, preach. But this, this, yes. I, I, from reading, from being a social media a lover and just kind of, I'm an observer by nature and just looking at different things. I'm like, huh, this is really funny that you know this is. Um, taking the turn that it's taken because it's because it actually has shown that we still have a really strong division, and our the Jesse Smollett thing is shown that we still have a really strong division in our country with race mm-hmm. and with politics and with our and really with our belief in the police system. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of those things, those those feelings of what happened when Trayvon Martin was shot. Or, you know, any of the other young men or young women that have been killed by police officers under mysterious circumstances, you know, it still shows that division in our country is so strong. And my prayer is, you know, and I'm kind of this is here's my thing. I hope that Jesse wasn't trying to capitalize off that division for sympathy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my my concern. And if he is, you know, shame on him because I'm not going to make myself a Jesse apologist because I know I probably sound like one but you know no if he did what he did he should you know be punished appropriately right I think a year in prison is harsh a harsh sentence for filing a false police report um but he should be you know punished appropriately and of course he will have to live with the shame of that but if not if he didn't do it Shouldn't we kind of shouldn't we question ourselves on why we were so quick to switch sides and chastise, you know, and kind of run his name through the mud? Right. That's where I am. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, I'ma just go ahead and say it. Black people, we ain't gonna never do that. We we will never say shame on ourselves. We didn't believe him. We'll nope. always find some reason to be like, well, but it was this, but it was that. Uh-huh. Well, he shouldn't, well, he shouldn't have did this, or why was he at the house? You uh-huh. know, like it's uh-huh. it's never gonna be yeah. okay. It's just never gonna be okay. It goes back. I think we have a really bad case. We victim blame a lot. Yep. And even with the R. Kelly thing, that's probably why I was so why it took so long because what do we say you know when a young woman has a baby you know she's not married or a teenage girl has a baby mm-hmm. oh well she should have kept her legs closed or never say anything to the man yeah, or to right. the guy oh you know, yes girl and yep we produce this culture especially in black society where we because we do have so many single mothers where we kind of we don't we we always let the man off the hook Mm-hmm. you know we we never you know we never you know even as a man i'm thinking damn they you know you never let hold the man responsible for or be accountable for his actions and so we're not holding our kale even you know even now you know, people are still not really holding him accountable they're asking where were her where were the parents it doesn't matter I mean, it he does. was wrong. Yeah, but I, I, I'm still that's still my question. I still don't get that. But yeah. not to victim blame the girls because mm-hmm. he he was the adult in the situation. Right. He is the adult. He in the preyed situation. upon yes. the young women. Yep. So that's frown. <laughs> it's so crazy. I know. I know we not talk about R. Kelly, but I was talking to my parents about this the other day, and I said, you know what? I'm not gonna even tell a story and say, you know. If he would have come to my school and said, come to my studio and blah, 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 I said, I may not even lie and say that. Mm-hmm. I would not have gotten in a car. I said, but I wonder what would have happened if it would have gone a step further. Would I have been like, I want to go home? Like, it just in my mind, I just wonder. And mm-hmm. that's a whole nother subject. What he said or what he did. I just think I, I don't know what I would have done because I wasn't word, there. Money. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I'm gonna take it a step further, and I think part of him being victimized because I'm not saying R. Kelly wasn't a victim at some point, but he's able to seek those victim tendencies in other people, mm-hmm. and I think he even more so, money for most of those people because it was inner city, a lot of you know single parent households, but also attention. This is R. Kelly. This is. Right you know, this famous person and he likes me, he's looking at me and he makes me feel pretty. And so I was telling Bella, one of the things I always tell my husband, because he has a daughter, a teenage daughter, and I'm always telling him, these are the years when you have to tell her what beauty looks like, show her what appropriate relationships between men and women look like. Because if you don't, the first guy who comes through here and says something, gonna be able to talk our panties off and you'll be sitting there the whole time. Like, I didn't see this coming, you know, well, where, well, what happened? You know? So I think he was just able to, you know how they say people who are abused, they, they attract abusers. Mm-hmm. And I think people who have some type of deficit sometimes send out a, un, an unintentional, albeit signal that, those people just capitalize on. And I think he was just the right person to do it because he was famous. Like you said, he was masculine, inner city homeboy. He's still showing his city love, showing up at the high school. Of course, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, do you all think Jesse Smollett sees the difference in the social media between he and R. Kelly? Oh, I'm sure that he does. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he does. And because again, nobody knows what it's like. To, it's just like being a, and I thought about this before I got over here. You know, we always talk about women breaking through a glass ceiling when they get promoted at work or whatever the case may be. But believe it or not, gay men experience the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, any position that I've had where I was promoted, I was the only black man that had ever been in a position. I'm certainly probably the only gay person. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's probably... Um, I know what that feels like because when you when you reach that level, a lot of times there's no you don't have a contemporary or a person that's like you mm-hmm. there to kind of relate to. You're the only part. You're the token person. So I'm quite sure that where he is, he probably sees like, damn, they're crucifying me, but they're not crucifying him or 
or or he could be feeling like I'm a victim, but I'm not getting treated as though I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. I definitely think he sees the difference. But again, you know, that goes back to if he did it, you know, his his plan had quite a few holes in it. If he if it was something he could have, you know, he should have asked one of the writers on Empire to come up with him a better, you know, hope for if that's if that is indeed what he did and what his reason for doing it. I, I guess what I always think about is if you did it, you had to think about the pros and cons. You know, mm-hmm. I always tell people I'm a list person. I like to write a to-do list down of what I'm gonna do um every day when I'm at work. And if I don't do something today, I'll push it off to tomorrow. But at the same time, when you're weighing that, when you're weighing your options or reasons to do something, you have to do a pros and a cons list. It's a very effective way to see if it's something that you need to do or don't need to do. And we all know if the pros outweigh the cons, that means take the chance and do it. So if you would have done a, a pros and cons list of if I do this hoax, what are the possible <laughs> you know things that could couldn't happen? You know, you think about it. The the social media backlash, the public outcry. Um, I could possibly be suspended and or lose my job, because that's the day that we're in. That we're in the days of where everything on social. If we have a social media outcry loud enough, you're gonna get fired from your job for doing right. whatever. Right. Um. The con of hurting my community, and my con- African American community, yeah, my, my LBGT community. Yes. So all of those things are cons. So. I, I have a very, I, that's where I struggle with, you know, ha, you know, being a fan of his, um, following him on social media. Um, I didn't even realize that I followed him on Twitter because I'm barely on there until like a couple of weeks ago since all this has happened. I'm thinking, dang, I didn't follow the boy on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just somebody that you like and you admire, it's very hard to say, why would he do this? He has so much going for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and you had, there were so many more cons then there were pros right. to the situation where I just have where I struggle with. It's really the part where I struggle. Yeah. So. I think if, if he did do it, like you said, it has to be a mental health mm-hmm. issue because like you said, it's no, it was no gain from it. Money. Mm-hmm. She has money. Yeah. Fame. She has fame. Yeah. So I think if, if, if it is a hoax, mm-hmm. I think he, he's suffering. If we put everything in perspective, Jesse Smollett is the most famous gay man in entertainment at the moment. And for mm-hmm. the like, you know, he is. He's an openly gay black man. He's on a hit TV show. Um, you know, that was a big part. If you ever watched Empire, especially in the first season, the dynamic of his relationship with Lucius, mm-hmm. that was a big part of the plot line because of the three brothers. His character was the most talented one and the one that had a lot of the potential in the brains to run the business, but the dad did not care for him because of him being gay. So that really was a big piece of the plot line the first couple of seasons. So it was really hard to believe that somebody that has that much prominence would choose this as a as a way to obtain recognition or get our sympathy. Mm-hmm. And it asked the question, you know, it is getting the public sympathy and getting that America sweetheart kind of image, was that more important than his reputation and alien and all those cons that we just named? Right. Is that, was that the more important thing to do? Wow. You know, that's what you have to kind of think about. All right. So our next segment, we've had so many rubies for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Our ruby for the day. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, speaking about, this is so off topic, please forgive me, but I just have to mention this. Um, speaking about um, prominent or popular um, homosexual males right now, can we talk about Billy Porter's Oscar, tu- Oscar tuxedo it. gown? Oh my <laughs> gosh, y'all. I Stunning. am here for this. So that Stunning. Was- that- probably the most probably talked about dress of the whole award season <laughs> you know of all the dresses that everybody wore a man's dress was probably the most 
talked about dress, that will probably be like, y'all remember when Bjork wore like the swan dress of the Oscars that one year? <laughs> that will probably be in that category of dress when we look back on it like 20 years from now. Um, it was an homage to um, someone from the New York ballroom scene. Um, they actually did a comparison of the pictures. It was a paid homage to that particular man. Um, it was a very polarizing look because a lot of people, again, their sensibility was kind of challenged by a man wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. I, a a masculine it was like, yeah. it was in no way emasculated and that was what was so powerful. Yeah, those broad shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, and that look on his face his like, face, yes, yeah. I like, I am here. Yes, I yes, did. Shut it down. Yep fearlessness yeah so you know we have yeah we have those moments that you know you have to just kind of own it and just go with and I think that's what he did on Sunday night and hey I don't knock it I loved it I loved and usually things aren't that profound to me I guess I'm just not sometimes yeah but y'all I'm telling it was something about the juxtaposition of the coat the tailored coat and this dress that I was just like, have I been asleep? Right. Have I been hibernating? This was fantastic. And I and I love that his the confidence is what just sent it over the top because he every picture that I saw was dead in the camera. Like I am looking in the camera. I will not turn my head. I will not be bashful. I'm not giving you no duck lips. I'm looking you in the <laughs> eye in my dress. And I loved it. I loved it. I'm right. sorry. I went off topic. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, Professor G, since you're our guest, do you have a ruby for the day? Look, like I said, we've said so many rubies, but is it just that one takeaway, that gem that you want us to walk away with? Hmm. I we'll, think, we'll let him go first. I think my okay. ruby for the day or my little jewel of just the whole everything, Just and this is my one of my mottos for life, you know, we should never judge a book by its cover. And mm-hmm. we always need to look for a deeper meaning in things because just because we see something on the surface, there's always something like laying below the surface. That's much more than just what you see. Right. So that's my ruby for the day. I think mine is, I love to don't judge a book by its cover. Um, There's always three tides to a story, your side, my side and the truth. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's going to be, It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. And I guess my other Ruby would be for us to to just just to support each other. Mm -hmm. Let's Mm -hmm. let's start calling things a thing. Things, things. Let's call right, right and wrong, wrong. Because I think in this case, with the two um, people that we're talking about, R. Kelly and Jesse Smollett, I think we got it wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree. I think we need to get our rights rights and our wrongs wrongs what about you madam butterfly so it's so funny i was sitting here chuckling because when i was you know one of the segments we do professor g is like stuff that we're still tripping on um in 2019 now and so i was thinking about this whole r kelly situation and the fact that a woman posted his bail mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I think it's so appropriate everything you guys said. And even if we're going to be fair to R. Kelly and say, okay, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, we can we can stretch that to fit him as well. But I think it's time out for, uh, you know, if you're going to make decisions to do shit, live in your truth. If you decided that that's what you wanted to do, right, wrong, good, bad, or indifferent, because I always tell people on Judgment Day, I plan to hold a lineup because I got a lot of stuff. I got to be like, for real, Jesus, this will happen. <laughs> so, but those were my decisions, and I have to stand by them. Now, I'm at some of those decisions, I'm mature enough to say, okay, they were not good decisions, but I made them nonetheless. And I think you guys just hit the nail on the head. We need to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. We need to, you know, not be so quick to crucify people. But I think our Kelly situation is a little different because, like, we have video evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- I'm just blown away that a woman 
came to his rescue out of all the things that have happened, out of all the things that have come up, it was a woman. And I, so I was reading like her reasonings and she was just like, oh, he's a friend. He's been nothing but a gentleman to me. And she, um, she used her daughter's um, settlement money mm. from what I read to post the bail. I don't know if I, that needs wow. to be legit. But isn't it just the ultimate sign that our community is so based in kind of a little bit of misogyny there mm-hmm. and masculine and toxic masculine, the new catchphrase of the last year and a half. I'm getting tired of, but it's true that we're that we that we worship again masculinity and and as you know, black women, a lot of times I always have said this, and I and I and I will say this till probably the day that I die that you know. To two black women, because mm-hmm. it's true, because y'all are, you know, both here. But a lot of times, black women hold up black men in their BS. Mm-hmm. And, Hello. And co-sign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. And that's just the ultimate sign of what we see every day. Mm-hmm. We see mm-hmm. it every day. You know, you know, if your man's cheating on you, you'll fight the other one, but you won't say anything to your baby dad. Mm-hmm. Why do you have a baby daddy? Why is he not your husband? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, y'all been dating for a thousand years, but you can't get a proposal because you're just. Mm-hmm. A- mm-hmm. So it yeah. just goes to show you that situation that that's just a big, that's just a symptom of a bigger problem in our community that we just always side with, mm-hmm. you know, the straight black man and his BS a lot of times. Mm. <laughs> that's true. Look, let me move my foot, stomping on my toes. Absolutely. You are, you know what? And the, okay, but at a fundamental level, I just can't help but be pissed in the fact that according to her, oh, he's not broke. Well, why the hell you got to bail him out of jail? And I believe in my heart of hearts that the reason why this all has come out now is because he is broken. He is not no longer able to pay people any money. For their silence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Or people have found maybe he's still able to pay, but it's a lot more lucrative for me to talk. Yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. everybody's looking for their claim to fame now. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. All right, guys. This was mm-hmm. great. Thanks. Professor for G, I want you to come back like every season. Oh, <laughs> like this was so phenomenal. And I was sitting here like, I should be taking notes. Right. Like, this, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for inviting me. Well, thanks thank for listening, everyone. Make mm-hmm. sure to find us on Instagram at um, but here's my thing and our email address here's my thing podcast at gmail.com. Drop mm-hmm. us a line, a question, hey, advice. Um, ideas constructive criticism (laughs) anything we are willing to listen absolutely all right everybody all right well thank you again professor well this was this was amazing like i was professor thank you so much (laughs) yes this is the one (laughs) absolutely all right good night everybody get some rest yes all right y'all we'll holler